everyone and welcome back to the Rowdy Buddhist. It's really great to be back with you. I'm glad to see everyone that's being benefited from these podcasts and that uh, my energy is being uh, appreciated. I really thank everyone who supported this podcast and the Dharma that we spread and teach, the Buddha Dharma that we teach and spread through uh, Seattle and through the Ankyoji Buddhist Network. Uh, please continue to support us. We, we can always... Uh, Use your support. We're working on so many great projects, so many translations to try to get, uh, you know, the, these teachings to as many people as possible in as many languages. So you can be a part of it uh, through our grassroots foundation of Ankyoji Buddhist Network. So let's get on with it. Um, today we're going to talk about the uh, fourth paramita. We've already worked through the first three, and this is the paramita of energy where they see virya or uh, shojin in Japanese, which actually translate more in Japanese as cease, uh, ceaseless effort. That means unstopping, un unceasing effort. That means without anything getting in your way. But of course it's not saying a blind rage or, or a clear obsession. What it means is that, and that's why it's in the place that it is, because once somebody has developed patience, uh, patience is for oneself. And then also the effort, which applies to energy, what we put in. So they basically, uh, the the paramitas, previous paramitas balance this uh, paramita so that when somebody does effort, as you see many times, people start with effort, the ceaselessly effort, ceaseless effort at the beginning. And they haven't developed uh, gratitude to the Dharma yet. And they haven't developed the correct behavior. And they haven't understood the idea of patience. So, when they uh, join or start to practice Buddhism, they soon become disillusioned. Because again, it's simply what they want. Uh, Buddhism is just seen as another self-help to make them feel good within the moment or whatever they're interested in. And when they realize that it can't bring the same... Uh, satisfaction, immediate gratification that they expect in their life, they then forget about the Dharma and they go on to something else and or give up until something else bad happens in their life and then finally they come back to the Dharma again. However, I think that's a perfect example of the idea of samsara. So I hope that you uh, chasten yourselves uh, through the Paramitas, and, and practice properly and learn properly through a great guide. Because if you uh, simply follow your desires and your wishes of what you expect and want from Buddhism, uh, you will always end up uh, sorely disappointed with yourself and, and with Buddhism and perhaps your guides. So uh, a lot of times this is, again, uh, the misunderstanding that then, of course, we always blame other people instead of looking at ourselves. So I want you to take that into consideration and, and contemplation as we continue on with the uh, explanation of this paramita. So it's really fascinating because, as I stated, you, you, you build up with the previous paramitas, and especially tempered by patience, um, that we have to find a sustaining energy because we need to find a balanced energy because like a great fire, if you burn it, uh, you know, I do campfires all the time and, and cook out at my house. So, you know, if you throw a lot of wood on it, 
the fire gets really hot really quick, but then there's no wood to sustain it. So uh, the fire goes out, party's over. So therefore, same with our practice, that we are tempered in our practice by our, by our guide. And, and that's really important. That's why the relationship, again, between the guide or teacher and the student is so essential. Because if we simply, within our own desires and ignorance, decide how we're going to walk Buddhism, it, it's going to be a hobby. And, and there's really not going to be any substance to it. Because we are only engaged and challenged when we work with others. That's why the Sangha is one of the three jewels. That's, that's really important to think, because I think most uh, people these days that I, I work with, they really think uh, that they're going to just do Buddhism on their own, that they're just going to take what they want. And again, that's up to them if they want to do that. But again, I would have to ask them I, I, and, and actually tell them that what they're doing is not practicing Buddhism because it, it doesn't involve the three basic jewels, which are the Buddha, the teacher, uh, the, the guide, the Dharma, the correct teaching, and the Sangha, which means a community. If you don't have those three jewels within your practice, you, you're not practicing Buddhism. And the reason why I have to be blunt and direct is because I really care that you practice Buddhism because all of us are susceptible to these things. And when we, uh, through ourselves, you know, once we, I think we have to get over ourselves. That's why the idea of gratitude is first, because you have to get over yourself to have gratitude for someone else or else you just think you're the greatest thing in the world and everyone else is a dope. So that, that really doesn't work well in community, and especially in the relationship with uh, a guide. So if imagine, again, I like to use examples uh, of you taking somebody into a very perilous mountain and a very thin, narrow path that sometimes you can't even tell you're on the path, and you know people want to give up and uh, sometimes they blame themselves physically. They realize they haven't prepared enough to climb the mountain, etc., etc. And imagine if you just decided you're not going to listen to the guide who actually knows the mountain and is actually there to help you. Could you imagine what that situation would be like? I can because uh, I've actually experienced it with people. Uh, and that's why I like the idea of the mountain because it, you know, it really manifests into reality uh, a person's uh, where a person's state of mind is, and uh, it's very clear as day. They may not realize it because it's their habit, or uh, they've never worked beyond it. But it's so obvious. And uh, again, you know, not for me to judge because I'm just a uh, a regular person and a practitioner myself. However, uh, I really care. So I'm telling you that because I know myself and what I have to learn uh, in in becoming a guide that that doesn't do any good for your life. Uh, and you can keep doing it, which we all try to do at one point or another until we realize gratitude. Then we understand discipline. Then we learn patience with ourselves and with our guide uh, because we are different people. Uh, and then finally, the, the last, the, the number four, is the ceaselessly eff ceaseless effort, which means not giving up. That's really important. You know, with my practice, the idea of unceasing, uh, uh, ceaseless effort is something that was always in the front burner, always top priority with my teacher. Because let me tell you, um, you have to really want to be there. And again, Buddhism is about you really wanting to be there, uh, wholehearted, 
with your whole self, uh, you know, in the face of potential disillusionment. Because, of course, when we're disillusioned, we'll blame other people for our own problems. We always do. We blame everything. But actually, that's coming from our own, from us inside, our ignorance, our our poisons of our mind. And it's interesting to have to work through that. And especially if you have a good guide, it's nice to, first of all, as you, you may or may not know, because community is so important, that we see that other people have had it. Um, you know, because a lot of times we can think we're alone in this world and that we're the only one with problems and that we're only we're the only one with these challenges. But no, we're all in it together. We're all similar in that way. But the, the one thing that's amazing is that you can see the benefits if you work through it. And that's where the ceaseless effort, that no matter what, your body is telling you no uh, because it wants to be lazy and it wants to not do what, you know, it's almost as if, uh, you know, especially, and, and it creeps up even for well-seasoned practitioners, uh, sometimes your body and your mind, you know, your monkey mind will say, well, you know, just, you know, this isn't what you need to do. You you deserve a relaxation. You deserve the rest. Which, of course, just to interject, it's not necessarily relaxation. <laughs> you're, just, you're just avoiding the obvious. Because after, you know, if you actually push through it, uh, you feel better. Like, I'll tell you an example. Every day when I wake up uh, from my practice, some days are easier than others. And the one thing that's really challenging is doing my physical practice, such as yoga. But it's really great because uh, together with my wife, uh, we do yoga. We do the stretching and exercising uh, that was given to us from uh, Kageyama Sensei, you know, through the Buddhist yogic practice. And um, man, I feel so much better that suddenly the energy is there uh, you know, and suddenly I'm ready to go. That's when my day starts and I feel so much better. But I'll tell you something, when I'm doing it, it's not necessarily uh, feeling uh, good. But, you know, as you get used to knowing where you're going, and this is where Buddhism kind of works with the body and mind, is that you naturally realize what brings about results and what doesn't. So I'll tell you something, it's a lot easier, but you have to overcome through patience, right, endurance, uh, that lazy mind, that selfish mind. Uh, because, again, it, it that's what you're fighting against. You know, you, everyone is saying, even the martial arts, your enemy is the, is right in front of you because it's you. Look in the mirror. Uh, and, and it's not saying that you're bad, just saying that that's who you're going to have to contend with. And that's the hardest one because, uh, you know, I remember the movie Little Buddha where... The last challenge that Siddhartha had before he became uh, Gautama Buddha was that he saw a perfect, beautiful reflection of himself in dhyana concentration. And the first, you know, that was, of course, Mara. But sometimes we can become really enamored with our own reflection and our own accomplishments and even our own concentration that the one thing that Mara asks is, will you be my god? And how many of us would say, of course, I'd be your God, <laughs> you know? And so it's really, it's really important for us to know that only through proper regulation, uh, we develop the correct awareness, clarity, uh, that we know what is, what is beneficial to us. Because that's what basically Buddhism breaks down. 
things that are beneficial to your life and things that are not. And when you have the clarity to see that, that doesn't necessarily mean your body and mind will go as you want. You know, there's a great uh, set of pictures that are used in Zen Buddhism called the ox herding pictures. And of course, the ox is the mind and all the different ways that we confuse and misunderstand the mind and how it leads us uh, to actually our own downfall when it's not uh, restrained through awareness, through clarity uh, and concentration. So, you know, it's funny what people expect from Buddhism. Okay, and it's amazing how much people don't want to invest in themselves. Because that's what ultimately I see it is. You know, your life isn't that much, that important because you're not willing to really invest in it. That's where you got to go. That's why the idea of gratitude also means gratitude for your own life and says, okay, man, my life has purpose. My life is important. And I want to do and understand what the the purpose of my life is and to have clarity so that when I operate in my life and whatever I I do uh, becomes a benefit, not a negative. So you can think of it in that terms, in those terms. And uh, also here are some additional words that I found concerning that. They say vigor, endurance, diligence. Diligence means, and this is something that uh, is talked about in the uh you know master tiantai's concentration and insight lectures uh you know he always states that it's it's consistency diligence is consistency to have to be consistent take lot takes lots of effort how many people can agree with that if you do i hope you uh, say it out loud yes uh consistency takes diligence uh and also in that diligence is enthusiasm like, you know, one of the things that I'm very, I feel very uh, blessed with is that I have uh, enthusiasm for the Dharma. But that didn't come about automatically. So just so you know, um, enthusiasm came about through that diligence that when I came to a certain point, because our bodies and minds have to see the benefit in something. And, and, and again, it's not always uh, easy for it because we, again fall onto what we know and what we understand. And when you enter something you don't know, you don't understand, like the path of Buddhism and, and towards this uh, goal of clarity and enlightenment, your body and mind's going to fight against it. And the ego, too, because they, you know, it's not safe. It's, it's those things react with protection, right? Even though usually they cause us problems. So, like, when you need to understand how to uh, be healthy with your body... You know, and again, health is not saying that you need to have the so-called beach body. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is health is this awareness of your life, your uh, body, your functions, how you interact with nature, environments. They use the uh, ten suchnesses as we see in chapter two, and and through realization of that, you realize and and your body and mind begin to understand what makes it how do you say, comfortable. So a lot of times we rely on laziness as being comfortable, but we always, real. hopefully we realize through our practice that actually that's really not true idea of comfort. Because even in martial arts, the idea of a relaxed state is in the middle. That is not something that is totally limp and is not something that's totally 
uh, tense, something in the middle. But it's not, you know, when you tell somebody to relax, they almost like look like they're falling asleep, right? Because the body just goes limp. Well, no, relaxed also means energetic. There's energy in a relaxed, true relaxation. What it means is that energy is proportionately distributed in all directions and balance and uh, connection to with gravity with the earth. So therefore, we become powerful, energetic from this natural power. And in your training, this uh, ceaseless effort is that what what you do in the face of disillusionment. So when <laughs> when I'll tell you, um, how do you react? For instance, I gave you the story. Uh, uh, when I'm coming up to Seattle, I mean to uh, Toronto to see my teacher, and of course, this was at the beginning of my training, and uh, I didn't know anything about the Buddhist culture in the Japanese tradition, and also living in the monastery, you don't have to really think of these things just beyond time, but it, it really makes sense because it was also in that culture, it just wasn't stated as obvious, um, that when I show up, you know, he wanted me there, three-hour car ride across the international border to get to Toronto from Buffalo. And, uh, you know, he asked me to be there at 6 o'clock. This was when I started training with him. And I showed up and waited in my car to exactly 6 o'clock, which is not an easy thing to do because it's, it's always cold in Toronto, especially most of the year. And also getting there without traffic at any time is, is really challenging. And when I go up to the front door, he said, well, Kanjin, uh, you came today. Uh, very good. Today, Today's lesson is to be on time. So in Buddhism, uh, we should arrive five minutes before. Uh, within that five minutes uh, is enough time that we're not imposing on somebody, such as 15 minutes, because people are also preparing. But that we have enough time to settle in, to put down our jacket, to prepare what we need to do to be in our position that when the teacher comes in exactly at 6 o'clock, we can say, please teach me, let us practice together, and we're off. So he then closed the door, said the lesson for today is be on time. He explained it simply, closed the door, and then I was asked to go back home. Or at least that's what I had to realize, because <laughs> that was the lesson for that day. So as you can see, Driving three, three, all of that way, uh, just to get that uh, perhaps two-minute lesson, most most people would say, uh, "The heck with this!" Right? Who does this guy think he is? Who does this? You know, who does? What does this Buddhism doesn't seem like it's a good deal? You know, because I thought I was getting some today. Of course, I got a wonderful teaching. However, that came from my ceaseless effort because, in my mind, I just trust the Dharma. I have pure gratitude for the Dharma. So the Dharma is what sustains me. That's that's what I'm very blessed with having. I don't have to sit with myself and make a decision of, uh, you know, based on uh, what is important. And the Dharma, because the Dharma sustains all parts of your relationships. You'll make excuses. Well, this is important and that's important. And again, you'll use cultural ideas. Well, in our culture, this is really important. Okay. That, you know, that mindset, you can keep that. But actually, in Buddhism, the only thing that sustains and moves out into all of our parts, actually gives energy, proper energy, uh, is a balanced energy into all the parts properly of our life, is our practice. 
because that's where it manifests. So if you pick something over your practice, right, uh, to put your energy into, uh, naturally that will grow and your, your practice will diminish. Just like, as Master Tiantai said, the, the uh, six paramitas sustain the bodhisattvas. So, therefore, that's the lifeblood. Without that, they fall into being regular beings or even lower into the hell mind of despair. So, this idea of overcoming obstacles turns then into self-reliance. That means being able to understand and regulate some ourselves on a basic level. Because I'll tell you something, the most extraordinary parts of Buddhism is just the basics of life. Not necessarily Buddhism, but being like adulting, uh, which is a very difficult thing for most people. Because just because you get older doesn't mean you understand adulting or uh, interacting with others, playing nice with others, or uh, how to be on time. Those kinds of things, uh, people have their different ideas. However, in the Buddhism, there is a very basic concept that I believe in any culture or any place is acceptable. So if people start using the example and saying, well, this is Japanese thinking, etc. Uh, again, I, I think that's a cop-out because it's not Japanese, it's it's Buddhism. Uh, and of course, it may have a Japanese flavor to it, but, you know, uh, that is how it's taught, how it's transmitted. And then once we understand self-reliance, then we understand, we regard failure and challenge as a step forward in our practice. So we get endurance. The The real challenge of energy is keeping our energy, putting it into what matters, what's important, that we know sustains the rest of our life. You know, uh, sometimes you'll, this is a big conflict with people who become uh, a guide themselves as, okay, especially if they have family. Because many times we'll say, well, family is priority. Well, family is very important, but, you know, I'll tell you something. Without Buddhism, without my practice, without my study through my teacher, and I'm told this all the time by my spouse and my children, you know, that there would be no me. And so, therefore, they develop gratitude through my life and my practice uh, that allows me to hopefully... Uh, be a good uh, spouse and a good uh, father to them. And then also, of course, a good guide to others. But if I mix up my priorities, even though I may think according to I, of course, that's ego again, it, it kind of just kills everything. So when, when we step in it, so to speak, a challenge, uh, we have the correct energy to move forward because we're okay with it. Because that's the idea of what the Paramitas are teaching us. That's what we learn through very basic practicing. Because the first thing you'll do when you come to a temple is having cleaning. Because through cleaning we develop these Paramitas. These are all necessary in understanding cleaning, which I believe is the basic enter entering for the next Paramita, which is concentration or dhyana. So I hope all of you take this uh, lecture and find your uh, ceaseless effort, uh, your diligence, enthusiasm, endurance, vigor, and proper energy. And the basic concept is to have a steady practice. That means practicing uh, not, you don't have to start at, you know, 30 minutes to practice. Start at five minutes, but keep it consistent. 
because consistency uh, breeds the correct state uh, in which we can enter correct concentration, dhyana. So I look forward to having another conversation with everyone. I'm, I hope you enjoy this, and I look forward to any comments or questions that you have. So just if you have any questions or anything that you would like us to cover, contact me at seattlebuddhist at hotmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And please keep supporting us so that we can keep bringing these things to you and continuing our mission of helping people really find and bring in the light of their life and share that with others. So thank you so much, everyone. Have a nice day.